Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 377. I'm going to do a subscription box business and I'm going to sell pet products individually online. Keep it simple, get fancy later. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thanks for joining me here today. One of the most fulfilling things I've discovered through starting Gift Biz Unwrapped is the warmth, camaraderie, and generosity of the community that we formed. You're so giving and so talented. And of course, I always want to give back to you too, to do something that can make your efforts easier and your results greater. So I asked you how, and you surprised me. It wasn't help with an email marketing strategy. It wasn't about selling at shows or any other number of topics that make up a solid growing business. Nope. What you're overwhelmingly asking for is help with social media posting. You've been telling me that you're putting in the time, you're posting frequently, and you're discouraged because you aren't seeing any of this move the needle for your sales. Message received. Putting in more and more time posting in the same way isn't going to magically bring you in the sales. You need to change the way you're posting and what you're posting. You don't need to put in more work. You need to put in the right work. And that's when you'll see things change. And I've created your guide to do just that. It's called Content for Makers, and it's specially designed for handmade product makers like you. Content for Makers will help you understand why your current social media activities aren't converting into sales. It will also show you how to put in less time and start seeing activity through social that will lead to increased sales. Just imagine knowing exactly what to post and getting it done in just minutes each day. That frees up space for you to interact with potential clients, deepen relationships with those you already know, and all of this continues to build upon itself naturally. Yes, this really is possible. Content for Makers will accomplish this for you. To see all the details, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. But honestly, at only $27, it's a no-brainer. Plus, you only have to pay for it once for use year after year. Why carry on posting as you've been doing all along, expecting different results? Sign up for Content for Makers now and see the transformation of your posting experience change right before your very eyes. Giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. It's ready and waiting for your immediate access right now. Okay, so now with content for makers, you'll have your social all buttoned down. Let's move on to another point of friction in your business. How to get people over to your website. Because if they don't make it to where your products are displayed, complete with description and a buy button, there's no chance for a sale. You can run ads, of course, but that comes with lots of time learning, creating, testing, and the financial investment. Why not try free methods first? I mean, not just know about them, but actually do them. Today, you're going to hear a case study from Carrie who's been where you are if this is a current challenge of yours. You'll hear about her product and the challenging situation she encountered with her website, and then how she identified three ways that she has seen traffic increase all organically. Carrie saw great results, and they can be yours too. So as we go through this, I want you to be thinking, which one of these three will you implement first? Ready? 
Today, we're going to be talking with Carrie Fitzgerald, founder of Carrie Fitzgerald, LLC. This is an e-commerce and product business consulting and educational agency. As a digital marketing expert, Carrie helps e-commerce businesses create wildly in-demand brands that their customers are obsessed with. Her unique framework is based in organic marketing that brings in consistent sales and traffic without focusing a dime on ads. You heard that right. After starting her first high-end pet e-commerce business, which was called the Dapper Dog Box, back in 2016, she grew that business to a multi-six-figure in revenue business in two years without funding, staff, or support. She sold that business in 2019, but during that time, she was featured on BuzzFeed, Forbes, and Mariah Carey's Christmas. Carrie is a proud boy and dog mom, hot sauce and coffee lover, an East Coast transplant currently living in Seattle, and the host of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Carrie, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped Podcast. Thank you so much, Sue. That was a lovely introduction, and I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, you have so many fun things to talk about just through that intro. I'm thinking everyone who's listening is like, okay, okay, let's get going. Let's get to it. I want to hear all about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm excited. I love chatting all things product business, marketing, traffic. So I'm excited. All right. Well, we're going to see where this lands. I have a few questions for you, but we're just going to see where it goes. But first, I have a traditional question that it kind of guides us into our conversation and really resonates with all of us here because we're makers. So it's a creative way for you to share a little bit more about yourself. And that would be if you were to create a motivational candle that would really speak to you, what would your candle look like by color? And if you have a quote or a saying, what would you put on that candle? Sure. I think this is such a unique part about your podcast. I've never heard of anyone that does something like this. So I just wanted to point it out that I think it's a really, really fun and unique thing. Thank you. So for my candle, it would definitely be like an orange color. And maybe it's just like the outside of the candle is an orange color because I don't know if I've ever seen an inside that's orange. But orange because it is a color of energy. And I'm someone who is definitely like energetic, passionate and like spicy, if you will. Basically, I eat hot sauce with everything. I love like chili peppers, literally, like I can eat a chili pepper right now. (laughs) But just in general, like my personality is definitely like spicy and like passionate. So for me, orange is the color. And then in terms of a quote, I would love to share two things. One is something that when I was thinking about this, like what kind of quote I would say, I posted this on my Instagram recently. And like, I got so much good feedback from it. And I love it. It's keep it simple, get fancy later. I don't know where I heard this before, but this quote has sort of just been in my head since day one of having my business and it resonates really well with people. Keep it simple, like get started, do it better later. The second thing is, this is something that I literally have my six-year-old son say out loud almost every day. I'm strong, I'm able, I can do anything. And the reason it's really important for me is that as entrepreneurs, as makers, we have to deal with so much hard stuff every single day. Like how do I ship my product? Dealing with customer service, like figuring all this stuff out. And it can be really, really challenging both mentally and physically. And it's just a reminder to people that you can deal with the hard times and you can do anything that you want to. So for me, those are two quotes that I literally live by every single day, but I also think they're important for people to just remind themselves every day because of the nature of our business. Like it is hard to have a product-based business. And I think when it comes to like comparing yourself on social media and looking at this person's business and saying, oh, well, she has 200,000 TikTok followers and I only have five, like, what am I doing wrong? Why does no one like my business? So it's just a reminder that you can persevere and get through those hard times. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I've learned over the course of time is we have those types of things that we say to ourselves, no matter how far along you are. When you're first starting, even when you're well advanced and have what others would say is a super successful business, sometimes secretly, sometimes we vocalize it, but we all have those little jabs that come at us, like someone's further along or someone's doing it better, you know, all of that. So I've learned myself just 
I've got to accept that. To some extent, I shield myself from it because if it makes me feel bad, I'm not going to perform as well as I can. And, you know, you just Mm -hmm. work through it, but you can't ever make it go away. You just have to learn how to live with it, I think. Yes, I totally agree with you. I think especially when it comes to like comparing yourselves to other businesses, even if you grow your business, then you're looking at other people that are making this much more money than you. And you're like, oh, gosh, I mean, I've done this far, but now I'm still feeling really behind. And you're right. Like, no matter where we are, we still have those feelings. So I agree with you. Yeah, there are always people ahead of you. And there's also always people who are aspiring to be where you are. And if we can just remind ourselves of that, when we get into that cycle, you know, that mental cycle. Uh And that kind of leads to what you were talking about at first. Keep it simple, get fancy later. I think I heard this first from Amy Porterfield. Oh, maybe that's where I heard it. I don't know. I heard it somewhere. I don't know if she started it or is repeating it, moving it forward. But I think it was an excellent one to bring up. Oh, love it. And that kind of goes with comparing yourself with others, too, because if you try to have everything in place that you see someone who's further along than you to the point about the getting fancy later, that inhibits so many of us makers to even start because we feel like, oh, my gosh, we'll never get to that point. So starting Mm -hmm. more simple and then you can add on and add on and get more sophisticated as you go. And especially, Carrie, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk about yet, but I think that might be able to apply to our conversation here today, too. Yeah. We might talk about some beginning things or some advanced things, but I want everybody to think about if you haven't done any of this yet, just start one little thing because then it builds on itself and it doesn't feel so overwhelming then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I was doing something recently where I sort of questioning like, oh, because I'm launching this new program. And I was like, I don't know, like, I feel like I need to wait until I can get this better. And then I was like, wait a minute, you're not taking your own advice that you teach your students and clients every day, which is like, get started now, make it better later, get feedback from your customers figure out what they like, and then you can make small tweaks. And I was like, you know what? Okay, yes. And I'm going to launch this in two weeks. I even need reminders of like keeping it simple. Well, and I think that's also good for product makers, because if you just keep perfecting your product without having gotten any feedback, you don't know if Mm -hmm. you are really making a product that people want more. You need to have that feedback. And luckily, since you're not making, you know, as handmade creators, you're not making millions at a time through a factory, you know, you're able to make those Mm -hmm. tweaks along the way. So getting customer input is so important. So don't wait until you think you have it nailed down. Just get it out there and then you can perfect from there. Yes, I love it. So I am a huge dog lover, Carrie. And right now, never in 37 years have I been dogless, but I am right now. For a few months. So we're going to get a dog at the end of the summer. So I am super excited just to talk things about a dog. So will you share with us a little summary of your whole experience in terms of creating and working through your dapper dog box? Yes. But first, I have to obviously ask you, what kind of dog are you going to get at the end of the summer? We're going to get a mutt. My husband and I have come together knowing that. Probably a mix of what we've had before, like Bernese, Shepherd, Lab. You know, you never know what you're going to get, but like a middle to big dog that he can run with. But we are not getting a watchdog anymore. The kids are out. Like, I want just a fun dog that I don't have to worry about, that I can take anywhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe even a little mix of doodle, although my kids aren't so fond of that, but... We'll see. We'll see what comes. You just never know. Nice. Aw. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear what kind of dog you end up getting, but it's a fun time to get a new dog. So I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you have a dog. You have one son and one dog, right? Yes. I have two dogs. Ooh. I have my 10 year old black lab mix. She was actually the inspiration behind my first business, which we'll talk about in a sec. She's a lab shepherd, blah, blah, blah mix. So she's a rescue and she's 10 years old and she's like the little love of my life. I am just disgustingly obsessed with Mm -hmm. her. And then I also have a golden noodle who is four and he's just like this goofy, fun, laid back. I always say if he was a human, he would be a California beach bum. He is like such a laid back, like chill, calm dog. He's awesome. 
All right. So I may have to talk with you separately for doodle advice. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see where this goes. Yes. Feel free to ask. All right, let's talk about what I'm sure all of our listeners have keyed in to hear about today. So, but okay, so the dog box, tell me more. So, how it sort of started, so just like a short backstory of like what I did before that. Mm-hmm. My background is in marketing and sales, but mainly in the education and travel space. So, before I started my first business, I worked for a few different companies where I got to travel overseas and market and sell study in the US programs to international students. So, I did that for quite a while and I had a baby and was like, okay, I need to change directions here because I was traveling internationally for my job. My husband was traveling domestically for his job and we both like couldn't keep doing what we're doing with a new baby, as you can imagine. So I left my job and had some like postpartum issues, which I won't get into too much. It's not very happy conversation, but it kind of led me to where I am today. So I feel like we all go through hard things and it leads us to some good things. But I was going through this hard time after having a baby and like was trying to figure out what my next steps were. I had been doing marketing for a long time and I love marketing and I love dogs. And I went to the gym one day. This was about six and a half years ago or almost seven years ago, actually. And was at the gym on a strength training machine and the idea popped into my head. And I was like, I'm going to start a business. And I was like, okay, cool. What kind of business? And I was like thinking about it literally at the gym one day, randomly, I had never once in my entire life thought about having a business before. And I said, okay, I'm going to do a subscription box business and I'm going to sell pet products individually online. So I kind of thought about it. And literally a week later, I'm at Starbucks getting my logo designed, like working with someone off Fiverr, getting a $20 logo, ordering stickers and sort of like coming up with my business ideas. So many people here can relate to that and are are probably in that phase right now. It's like always a funny story because I had never thought about having a business before, but my background in marketing and it just like, I always say that the universe like gave me that little gift. It sounds super wooey, but it's true because I had never thought about it before. And then that business idea changed my entire life and it led me to what I'm doing today, which is truly what like, I feel like I've meant to do is help people grow their own product-based business. But yeah, that was sort of the beginning of the business. So I came up with the idea in either March or April of 2016. And then July, I launched the business. Super scrappy. I had no funding. I self did most of everything. Yeah, launched the business, got my first customers, learned what my customers liked. I learned how to market a business. Like I figured out how to get my customers involved with my brand and kind of like took it from there, I would say. And I can like elaborate on anything that you want me to kind of dive deeper into. But that's kind of like the quick and dirty backstory of how that business started. It's not like I feel like most of us who start businesses, they have similar like random stories like, oh, I woke up one day and I just got the idea or like I was making candles for my friend and I decided, well, I might as well start my own business. Yeah. Or a friend says, oh, my gosh, these are so beautiful. You should start a business. It's so fun to hear how people's ideas start. Some people have no idea. They just know they want to start a business and they don't know what. And then they're feeling like the best answer has to come. And sometimes there are multiple answers and you need to try out which one is going to work. Because you have the idea doesn't mean you have customers who will buy, right? Oh my gosh, yes. It's okay if you're not at the gym and your idea doesn't come to you right away. Just I think this is my advice for listeners, Carrie, you tell me what you would say is just be open to whatever ideas come into your head and feel them out for yourself. Like you get one idea and maybe the next day go back to that idea and say, do I really like it? Would I really be passionate about it or not? And what other ideas come up? Because if you're open, you will find the thing. What would you say, Carrie? Oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. I mean, and my story is like a testament of exactly what you just said. Like I had no inkling to really start a business. I remember I did have a conversation with one of my friends who it was like my friend from, so I'm from Boston and it was a friend from Boston and she was telling me about how her sister's friend just sold her. It was like a baby subscription box business. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's so interesting. Like how fun. 
actually, no, that was after I came up with my idea. Sorry. So she was telling me about her sister's friend's subscription box business. But yeah, like that day at the gym, when the idea came into my head, I had never thought of that before. I had never been like, Ooh, I want to start an online store. Cause that sounds super fun with a new six month old baby. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it came into my head and literally it was one of those things where I knew in my gut, like this is the right idea, which is funny. I mean, it is kind of funny where you could just think of something and then that one moment in your entire life has changed. Yes, absolutely. And I did come up with the idea. And then at first I was like, well, maybe I'll do a baby product because my kid was like six months old at that point. And I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not really, that doesn't feel right to me. And then that's when I came up with the pet angle. I was like, well, I have this dog. I love her. I love talking about dog things. I feel like I know a lot about having a dog. So I understand like the customer who would be buying from me. And then I sort of like took that and refined it. And I said, okay, well, here's my idea. And then what kind of dog subscription box would I do? And then I kind of like dove deep from there and I did market research and I looked up and I don't even know how I knew to do this because at that point, this was 2016, I didn't know of any people who had done this kind of business before. I couldn't find any blog posts. And so I kind of just winged it, to be honest with you. And I did like competitor research and I made it like a list on a spreadsheet of all my competitors. And I said, okay, who do I think these people are marketing their product to? And I said, okay, and like, what is everyone doing that's different from each other? And I said, okay, well, let me go in and read reviews on all these websites and I'll figure out what is missing from all these subscription boxes that people are buying from. And I ended up like thinking about my own experience getting BarkBox, which is like the biggest dog subscription box for dogs. I got that for my dog when she was a puppy and I didn't like it and I didn't like it for a few different reasons. And that is what I sort of took from into my idea when I was coming up with my idea. I said, okay, well, no one does treats that cater to like dogs that are on grain free diets, which my dog was on a grain free diet. And no one did accessories like bandanas or bow ties. And I, okay, that's going to be my unique differentiator. So my best advice for people is like, you have an idea, but you want to figure out how you can be different from everyone else. You don't have to come up with an idea from scratch, but like you want to do something that's a little bit different. And so that was my differentiator was my bandanas and bow ties in the boxes. And that ended up being why my business grew was because that's what people liked about the box that I had. And it was like my unique thing that no one else was doing. So again, just like a little bit of like backstory and how I ended up doing like the high high-end subscription box for like the pampered dog <laughs> that they liked accessories like it was pretty specific yeah. but it worked yeah. and it's a very saturated space and I see even today it's even more saturated which is a little bit scary true and I think a lot of our industries are like that but there's two things mm -hmm. in particular I want to underline about what you talked about I don't know if everyone caught this, but right when Carrie first started talking, she did not go out and look for loans or anything like that. She let the company grow as it could, right? No loans, no extra money. You built it in that manner. So that's the first thing. That is doable. The other thing mm -hmm. I really like is what you were talking about at the very last part, which is because our industries are so saturated, there are so many people making pretty much everything that you all are making right now, but you don't need to make something better. You need to make something different. So you have something you can talk about, a twist in what you're doing, which is what you did, Carrie. You did some research. You figured out, you know, what was already out there. How could you be different that you really liked, like the thing that you wanted and overlaying your own experience is so good too. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel, but like one thing that I noticed and I work with a lot of different people in my different programs and stuff. And so I hear the same thing over and over. And pe oftentimes people jump. It's like a race to the bottom. They're like, oh, well, all my competitors are charging $20 for their candles. So I'm going to charge $19 for my candle instead of being like, hmm, maybe I could charge more money, but have a more high quality or have like a higher end brand or something. Yeah. And that's what I did. I literally said, okay, 
through it. Like everyone's like having these $20 dog subscription boxes with junk. And I started the most expensive subscription box for dogs. And it was everything was high end. And I focused on quality. And that was like such a huge part of my brand from day one. But I think a lot of people just race to like, I have to be cheaper, I have to be more affordable. Mm -hmm. And people will always pay for high quality. Like there's a reason luxury brands still exist in like the brick and mortar scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, we will invest in certain things and dogs is one of them for sure. Mm -hmm. I always say competing on price is like racing to the bottom because it's just so easy. Then you can play back and forth, lower, 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 Mm -hmm. lower. And all of a sudden you might as well just give your product away. All right. So We could continue talking about the Dapper Dog Box. I could take this interview just on that angle, but I think the best thing we should do right now is really talk about what always is such an issue, Carrie, with our Mm -hmm. people. And I know you know that because that's why you built your business around it. But e-commerce and how to get sales and traffic online and Of course, we all, our ears perked up without a dime on advertising. (laughs) So Uh let's start going down that route a little bit and talk through that. But to do that best, and I'm just taking what I've been seeing in my Facebook group and questions that people are having at the point where they're first considering an e-commerce site, how Uh do you decide what platform to start with. So let's say we've got our product going. Maybe this is someone who's been doing craft shows and face-to-face, so they know their product can sell, but they're looking for another avenue of revenue coming in. And they knew that they would have to get online and e-commerce at some point. Okay, so how do you decide what to start with? Because we just said we don't want all that overwhelm. We'll get fancy later. How do you decide what to start with? You'll hear Carrie's response to this right after a short break for our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. I mean, I think especially if it's like a handmade or maker type product, I mean, Etsy is always probably the easiest place to start. It's definitely not my favorite platform, but I sell digital products on Etsy. So I really do like Etsy. And obviously a lot of my clients and students are on Etsy. And I do think they make it super easy to get started. You can literally sign up on Etsy, put up a couple of product photos, put your descriptions, and you can start making money. So Etsy is a great, great, great place for anything that's handmade. My platform of choice and the one that I always recommend to people is definitely Shopify. And that is because when it comes to selling stuff online, you want to have a balance between platforms where you control things and platforms that just make it easy for you, like a marketplace. So for example, Etsy is a marketplace. Amazon Handmade is also a marketplace because they have their own audiences People list products on there. And then the best part about listing on a marketplace is that people will just find you based on what they're searching for. So someone goes to Etsy and they search for, let's see, I know you have like a lot of your audience are people that have handmaker and makers and things like that. So again, we'll kind of use the candle example. I think a candle is a great product. And I know a lot of people have candle companies. So people go to Etsy and they search for balsam fir candle or like soy natural candle or something. And then a bunch of stuff shows up. So that's the benefit of a marketplace like an Etsy or Amazon Handmade is because it's easy for people to discover you. However, you also want to be in platforms that you control the experience and you control everything. That's going to be a platform like Shopify. Shopify is definitely the platform I 100% recommend. I love, I'm like team Shopify. I always say I should be like a Shopify marketer because I literally just market them all the time. I'm so with you. I love it. 
if people have been listening for a while, they will definitely be like, okay, another check in the Shopify column. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, both of these platforms, and let's just talk about Etsy and Shopify. I think that's a good combination to talk about here for a second. They attract different audiences. So, you know, yes, you start with one. And I like that idea, Carrie, as we say about starting easier. You can mm-hmm. start and get acquainted with the online feel through Etsy. Easy, yep. easy. And it doesn't mean you have to put up all of your products either. Put up a few things. I mean, you want a shop that looks full and like you're in business, et cetera, but getting the feel of orders coming in online, packing up and shipping out products, which has been different from if you were just doing shows where you're handing over the product, right? So it's not a bad place to start at all. And I would say, like, to your point, Kiri, like Etsy is more people searching by product And then when you get to a Shopify site, which then next we'll talk about why Shopify would be the thing to do, but then they're looking for your business. So I would say that's a differentiator. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. Like I know that we're going to probably talk about like how to drive traffic and all that. Yep. That's the most important part of this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like when it comes to driving traffic, there's a lot of different ways that people can find you and we'll talk about that, but, and we'll kind of like, I can definitely break it down a little bit more, but when it comes to like Etsy versus, you know, your own website, you have to drive that traffic. Like you have to create a brand and we can talk about that as well and drive traffic to your store where Etsy or like an Amazon handmade people discover you because of the platform. So it's definitely a very different way of driving traffic, but I totally think that Etsy is a really good place to start if you're doing handmade things because it's just easy. Like I said, I don't sell physical products on Etsy. I sell digital and I was able to sign up and figure out quite quickly how to do the product listings and all that. It's just easy. And so I definitely think a good place to start is Etsy because it does get you, like you said, it gets you acquainted into this whole like, how do I sell products online because it's very different than if you have a brick and mortar store or you're doing shows or markets and things like that. It's totally different. You have to take that experience of selling a t-shirt at a trade show or like at a farmer's market and take that experience and put it online and get people to see the value of your product where in person you have all the senses. You can touch the shirt or the candle. You can smell it. You can hold it. You can see what it looks like up close and online it's a different you have to create that online which is not always super easy so Mm -hmm. definitely a different experience definitely but a good place to start just to get a feel and once you have perfected that feel comfortable with that and you get to the point where you're ready to do a Shopify site it doesn't mean you shut down your Etsy store you just open up your Shopify site And I'm going to let you take over, Carrie, and talk about all of that. But it's just a companion that you can have two different sources online. E-commerce doesn't have to be a singular location. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. And like, I have a lot of people that I work with where they have Etsy stores, they also sell on Shopify, they also sell on Amazon. And you don't have to do this when you first start a store, but like you want to get to the point where you have multiple, I would call them like channels of customer acquisition, or multiple sales channels. So if you do in person markets, awesome, that's one channel you have Etsy. Okay, now we have two channels. And then you have your own website where you can drive traffic. Now you have three channels. And so these are three different ways of making money in your business. And you're not putting all of your eggs into one basket. So if you can have like an Etsy store, because obviously Etsy is only for things that are you can't like buy scrunchies from China and then resell them. Well, I guess you could actually. I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like with Etsy, like you have to make the product, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a few have slipped in, which I know has been frustrating to some people. But the other thing is you're attracting different audiences in different places and you're marketing differently in different places too. It's a whole different strategy. And let's, we'll merge off of Etsy. I've got a number of podcasts already where we talk about Etsy, but I am dying to go into Shopify and I'm going to start with one. And this isn't where you have to start, but I want you to put it in somewhere here or focus on it is I have a lot of people who are like, okay, my Shopify site is up. I'm not getting any sales. (laughs) That's it. That's all they say. Yep. (laughs) I love it. So somewhere that may not be where you want to start, but that is what I hear. So 
Yeah, no, I hear the same thing from, <laughs> and I kind of laughed, chuckled when you said that. And I don't mean that in a rude way. It's just, I hear the same thing every single day. We have a website and we're like, okay. And there's some famous quote. I think it's like, if you build it, they will come. I don't know who said that. I feel like someone famous, but it's true with your website. Like you build a website and you're just like, oh, okay, well it's here. Why aren't you coming? And I want anyone who's feeling that way and listening to take comfort that we hear it often. You know, you're not alone. It's not a mistake you're making. You're going to learn here today. So don't worry if that's where you're at. We literally like every single person here who has launched an online store, unless there's two like exceptions to this. One is that you've already had some sort of a business, probably like an online store or like a coaching business or a service business. And you already really, really, really have a good understanding of how to get people to your website, or you are an influencer, or you have like a really big audience of people that are already ready to buy from you. So if you're not one of those two people, you have to work hard to build that foundation of traffic. And I agree with what Sue said, like, I hear this from every single person that I work with or student in my program, you don't start off knowing what to do. Like when I launched my business, I literally had no idea what I was doing. And I'm definitely very transparent about my journey. And I'm an open book in terms of like, it wasn't all roses and sunshine with my business. And I had to learn how to drive traffic. And it's not something that we know how to do. And I know a lot of people I hear this all the time, they're like, I'm a maker, I'm not a marketer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So often from people, they have a really hard time. They love making the product, but they have a really hard time like selling it and marketing it and all that kind of stuff. So I totally understand that it's not an easy thing to do and it can be really, really frustrating, but hopefully I can give you some good takeaways. Okay, so I think the biggest thing is, and this is sort of like the framework that I teach because this is what I did for my business. And I can just give you like a quick backstory. So I launched my first business in 2016, the Dapper Dog Box. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. My background was in marketing, but my background was in in in-person marketing. I would travel overseas to trade shows and meet with students and parents and give them like the pamphlets from my school and talk about all that. So we didn't do a lot of stuff online, actually. So even though I'm a marketer for a long time, I had to learn how to market a product online, which is very different than in person. (laughs) So I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, oh, my background's in marketing and I love dogs. Like this should be so easy. Of course, like, no, it's not easy. Well, it's sometimes it's better not to know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to, like I said, I talk about this all the time. It is a journey having a product business. The more you learn and the more you're willing to try new things, like you'll figure it out, but it is a learning curve. And if it was so easy, everybody would be doing this type of business. But guess what? They're not because it's hard. And so you're already doing so many good things because you have your business. So I just want to say that too. But like the first year of my business, what I did was I focused on one platform. I didn't start my business and say, okay, I have to be on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and do all these different things. I chose one. And the one that I chose was Instagram. Again, this is 2016. Instagram today is very different. And it's that's like a different conversation. probably, Mm -hmm. But it's a different platform. It was a little bit easier then. And it was, I would say, more simple. You had photos, you had your captions, you had hashtags, and Instagram just kind of worked well. So I focus on Instagram. That's where my customer was. And so another really important thing to ask yourself is not what platform do I like being on? It is what platform are my customers on? Where do my customers go to find things that they want? And that's the platform that you want to focus on. So for me, the first one was Instagram. My product was very visually appealing, like I had beautiful packaging, I spent a lot of my time focusing on products that photographed really well together. And so my product looked really well on Instagram. But that's where my audience hung out. So I doubled down on Instagram the first I would say nine, 10 months, I got customers, I learned the platform, I figured out how to kind of use the platform, I talked to my customers, that's like the best part of Instagram today still is that you can actually literally 
your customer can tag you in a photo or a video and you can literally reach out and say, Hey, thank you so much for buying from me. I really appreciate you. Here's a coupon for a future purchase or like, Hey, I was just curious. Like, I really appreciate you buying from me. Do you mind sharing a little bit of, I'm trying to understand how to improve like the experience for my customers. Could you tell me like why you chose me and not a competitor or something like you have the opportunity to talk to people and there is no other platform that allows you to actually have conversations with your customers, like in quick real time that feels very personalized. And so that's what I did. I literally would like message people and say, oh my gosh, like, thank you for buying for me. How did you hear about me? Like, oh, you found me on Facebook. Cool. Like, was there a Facebook group? Or they would say, oh, I found you from this gift guide that you were featured in. So I would literally like reach out to customers and ask them, how did you find me? And I had a list. This was like a little bit, you know, 2016. So I had like a proper notebook where I would write down all the different places that people were telling me that they would find me. And again, now I know more information on well, okay, if I'm getting all these customers from like a Facebook group or something, well, now I'm going to do more in Facebook groups, just as an example. So that was like my first nine, 10 months of my business was I focused on one channel and I really made that channel work really well for me. I didn't distract myself with feeling like I needed to be doing like a hundred different things, which I think is oftentimes what we do when we first have our business is like, well, I have to be on 25 different places and then you end up getting overwhelmed or burnt out and then you don't do anything effectively. I agree. So yeah, and what are you doing here? You're building your business. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to throw everything up at one time, but just like you were saying, Carrie, like get good at that, get where Mm -hmm. it has traction and then you'll go further. I wanted to understand a little bit better what types of things you were posting. Was it all just product photos or what did your content look like? And to be honest with you, like when I first started my business, I had not used Instagram before. I had used Instagram in my personal life, like minimally. And to be honest, like this is kind of funny now, now that it's 2022. But in my head, like Instagram was like this kind of like photo editing app. And I don't know if you used to use it like back in the day where you could make those filters on the photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really use social media in my personal life at all. So I had to also learn social media. But anyway, so when I first launched Instagram, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So I started posting like sneak peeks and the business is launching and I would post like, oh, this dog treat company is going to be in our first box and kind of like it would be what today is like meet the makers kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then so as I started experimenting and trying new things and all that, the content that I started to post a lot of that first was more product, like here's the box, buy the subscription box. It was very much like buy my product, buy my product. And I learned quickly that does not work. So I started making it more fun for people to kind of follow me. And that was like my strategy after a few months, like, okay, people aren't resonating with like my, like I would post a picture of like the subscription box, like with a background, like some kind of a background. And I would just talk about it. Those posts would get like no traction, no likes, no comments, nothing. But then if I posted like a picture of my dog and I told like a story like, oh, you know, my dog as a puppy, she had allergies. So we had to start getting grain free treats. And like, I really love these brands. And that's what one of the benefits of the Dapper Dog boxes is that we have all natural um, grain free treats. My dog Asha is the test taster. And I put that in all of my signatures for the first like one or two years of the business. The emails would always come from Asha, who is my dog, my black lab. And those posts, I noticed like people would comment and they would be like, oh, like my dog has an allergy too. So the point here that I'm making with this piece of information is content that starts conversations is your best friend. Mm. If you're just posting stuff like buy my product, buy the box, buy this, no one wants to be sold to 24 seven. But when you can use storytelling and kind of like weave personal things in with your product, but that starts a conversation with people, that's the kind of stuff that really, really, really will get you some traction. And I discovered that pretty early on with Instagram was like, when I'm posting stories and things like that, people are commenting, I'm getting like people to DM me. You want to start like, and I know a lot of you are like, well, I don't really want to talk to people. 
you have to think of it as like, it's all market research. You're trying to figure out, you're trying to hop into the brain of your ideal customer and understand what is going to get them to buy. And that's your job with social media is like, well, really it's your job with your whole business. But yeah, so I started doing, so you asked me about content. I was hoping that you would make the point here that it's not just product image after product image. And so I think we've got that. And let's move on because I want to make sure that we get everything in here with our time together. So, all right, perfect. So we started with focusing on one social media platform only. Yep. And so again, for me, that was Instagram. I think in 2022, my recommendations are Instagram or TikTok because those are, I mean, TikTok in particular is just the fastest growing platform, but you have to do video. So it just depends like where you're at. But for me, I did Instagram. And then what I started to do next was I started to get into SEO. So SEO is something that a lot of people are very scared of. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And so the real simplified way of explaining this is how do you get your business, your product, your brand, your website to show up on Google? So when someone types, goes to Google and they type in gluten-free pizza recipe or like gluten-free pizza, you get a list of things that will pop up. Generally, it's going to be YouTube videos. It's going to be blog posts. It's going to be websites. So your job is to get your business to show up on Google search. And so that comes from doing a bunch of different things, which I can talk about a little bit more in detail. But the overall like overarching of this is it's called SEO. So you want to do things that get your business on Google. And so it was right about a year into my business when I discovered SEO. I had no idea what the heck SEO was. And quite frankly, I was very confused (laughs) by it. And now I love SEO and I love talking about it. And I know my students, when I start talking about SEO, like their eyes kind of like glaze over. They're like, "Ugh, I don't want to do it. But again, do one thing, like just get started. Yeah. So like my husband's friend actually had a marketing agency and he specialized in SEO. So I basically had like one or two calls with him. Oh, you got some inside skinny direction and all. Lucky you. I did. Okay. Yeah. So this was like, and I didn't get that in my business at all. This was like literally the one time in my three years where someone knew this like really awesome thing and they shared some advice with me. And so that was this moment. I didn't have any mentors or coaches, which was a big mistake, by the way. But this guy, he was like my little saving grace. And yeah, he was like, you got to start, you got to learn about SEO, you got to learn about keywords, and you have to learn about how to create blog content so people can find you on Google. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Okay, awesome. And I did a little keyword. So with SEO, like the most important thing, and I want to make sure I keep it like kind of simple because I know SEO is really complicated. It's all about keywords. So understanding what your audience would be searching for to kind of find or discover your brand. So for me, I sold dog subscription boxes. And so for me, the first things that I was doing would be to use a couple tools and understand what people were typing into Google to find dog subscription boxes. What kind of questions were they asking? And so I started doing a little bit of like keyword research. At the time I was using SEM Rush, but honestly, like Uber Suggest, www.ubersuggest.com is way better. And it's very, very, very cheap and affordable. And it's like magical for keyword research and anything SEO related. And I did some keyword research and then I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to start creating blog content. And so with blogging, like the biggest thing, and a lot of people are like, oh, blogging is very outdated. It's archaic, but it's really not blogging. It is one of like the most powerful ways to drive traffic. So I know that we're going to talk about this episode is very much catered to how to drive traffic to your website or your online store. Blogging is your best friend. And we've been talking blogging here. Mm -hmm. So regular listeners are going to be aware of this too already. Yeah. And blogging is like, it is king for driving traffic. So that's what I started doing for my business. I started with my business. One of my ideal customers was a golden doodle dog owner. And so I started creating blog content around that topic. And soon enough, I had one blog post that ranked number one on Google. And I've talked about this on my own podcast, like probably a hundred times. And I love talking about it, but it was the best dog toys for golden doodles or like the five best dog toys for golden doodles. I wrote that blog post. And then within a few months, I was ranked number one on Google. And so what happens when you're ranked number one in Google, as you probably talk about in your podcast, is you drive crazy traffic. 
And that's what that did for my business is I started to get a ton of traffic from blogging. Okay. And how far into your business were you at this point? So this was maybe like a little over a year. So still new. Okay. So only a year in, you Mm -hmm. write an article that hits the right keywords to get visibility and you end up driving Mm -hmm. a, a ton of traffic to your website where miraculously all your products appear. Yes. So my first year of that blog post, and I know that you like specific stories. My first year of that blog post, it drove 20,000 website visitors. 20,000. That's like a stadium full of people. (laughs) Yes, it is. Like, that's why I tell people all the time. Like, I think people just assume blogging doesn't quite work, but it, it really does because you want to be visible on Google. It is the most important thing because one blog post or one YouTube video, it continues to drive traffic mm-hmm. years down the line, unlike an Instagram post, which basically dies after a week. And so that's a huge part of my framework that I really teach people is how do you build your business or set your business up today for future success? And that's going to be through like your SEO activity. So creating blog content or YouTube or just even like optimizing your website with those keywords. So if you're doing Shopify, you know, at the bottom of every Shopify page, there's like a literally a little section called like, I forget exactly what the word is, but it's something like search engine or something. And you title your pages. And if you put like high end dog toys handmade soy candles made in Nebraska, like you put those keywords in there and that's how Google knows what you're selling, basically. So it's like Google's kind of like the matchmaker between a product and what people are searching for. So when someone goes to Google to find something, they say, oh, like Sue makes soy candles in Nebraska or what I'm using a silly example, but and they match you with the brand. So that is the power of like the Google stuff, which is going to be blog content or YouTube. So I'm such a huge advocate of choosing one of those platforms. And again, like doubling down your content. Perfect. And then another easy way. So now we talked about social media, we talked about blogging for SEO. And then another thing that your audience can completely do, which is what I did was I got really like my customers love my brand. I put a ton of time and energy into creating an awesome customer experience for them. So when they got the product in the mail, they had a beautiful unboxing experience. Everything was great. They got great emails from me. And so I would get customers that like just love the brand. They would email me, they would post on social media, they would tag me and stuff. And they would literally be like, we just love this so much. Like, or if there was a customer service issue that I resolved, which I put a very high premium on customer service, they would say, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much. I would turn like these angry customers into happy people. And so I started realizing like, okay, you're getting a lot of people that are, they really like your brand. And it's not just a product that you buy on Amazon. They like you, they like your brand and they like, they knew me by name. You know, like I was the owner of the company and I would do all the customer service emails and everything. So I started to say, okay, how can I leverage what's happening here? My customers really like the brand. And, you know, as you know, dog people, they tell their friends about products that they like. And so I said, okay, I need to start like a customer referral program. And so super, super scrappy. As I mentioned before, I just, every time I would get one of those happy people, whether it was a customer that I served a, a customer service issue for them, or it was someone on social media who would tag me in a product photo or something, I would reach out to them and I would basically say, hey, did you know that we have a customer referral program? If you refer a friend or family or whoever, we'll send you a free box. If you want, like, if you're interested, I can make a coupon code for you that you can share. Let me know if you're interested. And like 95% of people would write back or message back and they would say, oh my gosh, yes, we would love a code. Could you make mine called? And they would usually do it like with their dog's name. But that's how my customer referral program started. It was very scrappy. It was not like a $200 a month app or anything. It was just literally like, I can make you a coupon code. If people use it, I'll give you a free item. And I got a ton of business from that one little strategy. So it was almost like you provided them an affiliate link, but it was really a referral code that Mm -hmm. went back to them. I'm not even that. I mean, it was even less intricate as that it was literally like if you give your friend like my website and you use your individual coupon code like sue you get 10% off 
I would just go into my store and like literally, and again, this is if you're doing scrappy things. Yeah, you're starting. I would just check the codes like, oh, okay, the code Sue was used three times. Okay, awesome. Now I'm going to go into her account and I'm just going to add, I had some other coupon that I would add in and it would give you a free box. So it would almost like reduce your charge for the next one. But you can do it as simple as that without even having an affiliate program or giving people custom links. It's literally just like, here's a coupon code. If people use it, you get a reward or an incentive. And for me, that was wildly like one of my best ways of getting customers was through customer referrals. And I think anything to do with like handmade companies or things like that, it works really well because people will tell their friends if they buy a product from you and they really like it, they will share it on social media. They will tell their friends and they will buy it as gifts for other people, which is another like huge way to get customers. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Okay, these have been three absolutely fabulous ways of driving traffic. And then obviously a portion of that traffic converts over to sales. We've talked about them, but I'm going to summarize them again real quick here. Focusing on one social media platform at a time until you get really proficient and see results. Two, do things on the SEO end, such as keywords, which lead to how to determine how you could blog, YouTube videos, that type of thing. Because then on Google, you're going to be be seen by people who you would never even know how to reach anywhere else. And then three, what's the experience your customers having when they buy your product? And that could have started way at the top with the first point that you were DMing them in social. When you've started to develop a relationship and now they feel like they're your friend and then they buy something from you and then OMG, they get your unboxing and it's so beautiful and so such a wonderful experience, which by the way, allows you to charge more, especially if you're an upscale product. That whole experience that you give justifies a higher price. You're on the higher end, so you would expect that the experience would be such. They fall in love with your brand. And Carrie, this referral program is brilliant when you're talking about how easy it can be to get it implemented. It can be manual Mm -hmm. at first. You can fancy it up later. But right in the beginning, just getting it started, you know, let's face it. We all want to know what's in it for us. Sometimes it's just the feel good. But when you have the feel good and then you get something tangible like a free box in return, that's even Mm -hmm. better. (laughs) Even better, right? Yeah. I mean, I noticed so quickly that customer referral thing that I had, it worked so well because people like your brand. And like, just like you just said, people want something for themselves, which there's no shame in that. But the second I said, like, you can get something for free, it was like, oh my gosh, okay, cool. And like, people jumped at that. Yeah, they're in. Fabulous. Well, listen, we have covered three points pretty well. So you're going to walk away with these. And these are things based on what you already have in place or not, you can start implementing today. And if you go over and listen to Carrie's podcast, again, it's the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I'm sure you're going to be able to pick up more tips along this line. So definitely go and do that. And Carrie, where else can people find you? Thank you so much. So people can find me on Instagram. My handle is K-E-R-R-I-E dot A dot Fitzgerald. You can go to my website, carriefitzgerald.com, or definitely a good place to find me is definitely my podcast as well. So like Sue just said, the six figure product business podcast. And I have most of my episodes are very much marketing <laughs> focused because mm-hmm. I love marketing. Yeah. If anyone has any questions or is curious about anything that I talked about on this episode, definitely reach out to me. I am an open book. I share everything and I want all my product biz people to be making lots of money and getting a lot of traffic. So I'm definitely here to help. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I feel like we have compatible podcasts. Like we have to listen to both of them and you're going to get great stuff in each place. So wonderful. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us your tips and secrets for how we can drive more visibility to our business. So, so important. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Which one is it? Which of the three ways of driving traffic to your website are you going to run with? Do me a favor. Don't do each one just a little bit. Your results will then be random at best. Pick one, 
get it going strong with consistency, and then go for another. And if you want to chat about it as you get things in place, a great way to ask questions is in the Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze. You'll hear more about that at the very end here. Before you move on to your next activity today, make sure to get your name on the list for at least one Gift Biz Bash. You can see the dates and times for upcoming sessions and get signed up over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. And if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review would be wonderful. It helps spread the word about the show, too, so it's a great way to pay it forward. There's also another way to get something tangible in exchange for your support. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more, featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season. Which is my favorite design right now? It's a toss-up with that gorgeous lemonade image and a quote about refreshing and the beautiful butterfly design. What's yours? Turnaround is quick and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases helps me offset the costs of producing this podcast. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 